0: In our culture, we learn through stories. But what if the stories we hear don't match the reality of life? What if the stories we hear every day that tell us how to write the narrative of our lives actually lead us to a false narrative? My name is Tim Kroll and on this podcast you will hear real stories. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Real people sharing the hard times, the bends in the roads along life's journey. If you're ready to join a community of other real people who are writing the narrative of their lives, then go to narrative.live and join the community. Now let's dive into today's show. Back today, actually, this recording, this was actually, I've known Fred for quite some time. He moved into our area, and I have known Fred as a radio personality, and he's got a great voice for it. You're gonna hear that here in a minute. But to be honest, I don't know much about Fred's background. I don't know much about the journey that he's taken and how he ended up here and all of these other things that we talk about on this podcast and on the show here. I'm actually kind of excited to hear the behind the scenes to get to know a little bit more of this part of the journey. So I guess first of all. Fred, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Let's start with that introduction part of it. You got 30 seconds in oh, wow. an elevator. Who is
1: Fred Young? Oh, man. Well, thanks, first of all, for the invitation. I appreciate the opportunity. Fred is, as you said, I, you know, what I do is I am a radio personality. I'm a program director and a morning show host on a Christian network of stations in Northern Michigan and Ontario. But I think who I am, I, I feel like my call, my focus is to be an encourager, to try to mm-hmm. pick people up, when they're struggling, when they're feeling down, when they're afraid of something, to try to give them that that little bit of something that they can need, a little nugget to try to take another step, take another breath.
0: <laughs> I actually love that. Uh, I've had so many people try to introduce themselves in different ways, and it's always interesting to me how you find your identity. And I'm sure that we're going to dive into this as we talk about the journey. But your words there just go right in line with everything that we have as part of our vision is to be able to come alongside and, and encourage and support people, especially, like you said, when they're feeling down or when they're feeling alone. So I think this was a perfect match. I'm really, really excited. So let's go ahead and jump into it without any more uh, further ado. Let's jump into the the very first part of it, like we always do, and just kind of say, what was life like for you to be able to, to grow up when you were uh, you know, kind of learning how to do life, what were those narratives that you adopted that you came in as far as a belief of this is how we're going to do life?
1: Well, most of my life growing up, I think from when I was a little boy, I wanted to be a pilot. That was it. <laughs> I wanted to fly planes. And growing up, going into uh, junior high and high school, man, you know, I played sports or I was in band and all these other fun things. But, mm-hmm. man, the focus was always aimed toward I was going to be a career military guy. I was going to fly jets. That's what I wanted mm-hmm. to do. You know, ROTC and through high school and all that that stuff and, and unit command, the whole bit. You know, I went all the way. And then I, I got to college. Coming out of oh, so I, I hear a butt coming,
0: a, like a, a, a yeah, butt. Exactly. <laughs> I hear That's something right. coming. <laughs> uh, well,
1: well, how do you get from military service to radio, man? Um, yeah. I,
0: I, well, let's I, start. Was, let's start was, with this. Uh, what inspired you about the pilot and the ROTC? What inspired you to really take a hold of that and say, "This is where I'm going to go"? Like, wh- was there a real life example? Did you want to model somebody, or was that? Did you see something? I mean, like, wh- where did that come from?
1: Well, you know, my dad had been a firefighter on a crash crew in the Air Force. And so uh, all my life, I was around military personnel okay. from the time that I was born. And so that was just kind of a part of my DNA. But dad was one of those old-fashioned guys. And, uh, you know, you're a man, you're going to grow up to be a man, you're going to excel, you're going to give it everything, you're going to work hard. And so that was just my focus. And the military, that ideal, you know, was just a thing about achievement and focus and success. And, you know, that's that's how it was all worked. So I was just, I was driven for that. And like I said, you know, then I I went to college out of high school. Instead of enlisting, I I went to school. Thought, okay, I'll go to college first, and then I'll go in as an officer and fly jets then. I did not have near the maturity level necessary for college study and basically flunked out. That's just the the long and short of it. I, I basically flunked out of school. But while I was doing it, I picked up radio and television production just for something fun to do for one of my elective kind of courses and found out that I had a passion for it and a knack for it. And so when I didn't have the grades that it was going to take to go career military, I decided to kind of switch things up a little bit and got into radio and television production.
0: So, I mean, there's a lot of questions that I actually have now, and we're going to kind of maybe uncover some of this stuff here, because it sounds like part of that dream to be a pilot might have been more your dad's dream than your dream. And maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just, I'm, I'm curious to kind of hear about, because you you said, look, my dad was military and it sounded, it was very, very, and I'll use the word hardcore. It probably is not the right word, but it was very much of driven. Let, let me let it put it that way. It was very yes. driven. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That
1: yeah. so, dad was, dad yeah. was very driven. But uh, as far as the, the wanting to be a pilot, that was all mine. That was all my dream. I was just fascinated with planes as a little boy. And I always said, Daddy, that's what I want to do. And so he supported me in that and he pushed me in that direction. If that's what you want to do, son, then we're going to make sure that you're doing the things that you need to do to take the steps to get there and to do it right. And so, you know, I was I was very driven through high school, you know, like I said, in ROTC and all that. Then I just got a little bit of a reality check when I was out on my own for the first time in college. And, you know, then there was a girl and you know what I'm saying is it's it's the classic tale uh, where my focus just completely shifted. And then I had to figure out really who I wanted to be. So when you're
0: looking at all of those pieces, the fact is, like you said, you flunked out. Where was your value at? Where was your mindset at? Because if you went into college fully believing that you were going to have this as a roadmap, let's say, Mm -hmm. this is how you're going to craft the narrative of your life. And then all of a sudden flunked out, where are you at mentally?
1: Tailspin, complete tailspin. You know, my self-worth absolutely bottomed out. I only found value in the accolades and the awards that I was achieving through radio and television production, you know, stations getting good ratings or my productions making it to, uh, you know, higher levels of viewership and things like that. And when those things didn't happen, then I struggled. And I I struggled for, for years with a lot of different vices and bad habits and just basically squandering time and resources, just kind of floundering around trying to figure things out. But then I had an opportunity to, tie up with a team of people who uh, specialized in going into a market with a radio station that was broken, fixing it and do what we call flipping it and taking it, you know, worst to first. And then once that was successful, they'd sell that and we'd move on to the next one.
0: Yeah. Let's back up though, because there's a lot of things I think that we could potentially unpack here, you know, as far as one, looking at the fact that you said your self-worth was equal to the accolades and awards that you're receiving. And that's how you tied your identity. It was right, right in that component. So let's maybe kind of uncover that as what would you sum that up as a belief or as a way to craft your narrative? Like, how did that impact or how were you going to fashion your life in and around that? I'll call it a false narrative.
1: Well, it was just, it was all about what can I do next to succeed? What? Where is that next feel-good moment going to come from? Where's that next accolade, that next award, that next thing that I can chalk off the list and say, hey, I did that, that was me. And the whole time, basically, I was thinking that my worth was based on what I did, what I achieved. My, my worth was not based on who I am or what it is that I'm called to do. It was on the external things. That are temporary and fragile.
0: So, when that didn't happen, you mentioned just briefly a lot of vices started kicking in.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean,
0: and were those vices I mean, just ways to calm the pain? Were they ways to be able to get the value back up? Were they yeah, like, well, how did
1: that impact? Ways of escape, ways to dull the pain, ways to not face the reality of things, to just try to distract myself from you know, the realities of, man, I'm missing something. I've got a hole in me that I can't seem to fill up no matter what award or accolade or success I come up with, you know, so I'm trying to find other things to fill the hole, whether it was, you know, smoking or drinking or, or, or whatever else, the the different vices that come along with that. Uh, Thankfully never got into the drug scene, but all the same, you know, you know, I could crawl into a bottle pretty deep and it just, you know, you, you always, at the end of the day, you know, you 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 sober up, and the problem's still waiting on you when you get there. And yeah, you know, you just now you got a headache to go with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you tied in with this team flipping stations. Is that again uh, another race for the accolades and for the awards, or was there something else going on there too?
1: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, just being able to go into a, something that was broken and uh, be able to turn it around and say I did that, you know. And mm. uh, it wasn't until I guess two thousand five. That I went into a church, and I, I hope that I don't get overly, you know, I don't want to get overly religious for you here, but, you know, I, I went into a church, and I heard a message that for the first time in my whole life, I had been drugged to church as a kid my entire life, and uh, I always ended up feeling worse at church when <laughs> I went home than when I, went, when I got there, right? But for the first time, this, this time, I went into a, a little church called Lebanon Family Church in Lebanon, Missouri. And I heard a message that for the first time I felt like, hey, there's, there's something more here. And, you know, God's not mad at me. He's just waiting for me to give it to him. And as I started to come back to this church, I, I started to find the thing that filled me in the church. And it wasn't the awards. It wasn't the accolades. But it was something that was so much bigger than me that as I start to feel that filling up in me, I just wanted to press in and go deeper. And that created a problem for me with the team of station flippers, because no longer was I the party guy on the radio. All of a sudden, I'm cleaning up my act, and they're like, wait a minute, where's Freddie Love up in the club? So was there something that triggered that,
0: though? Was there something in your life that, that hit that where you were just bottoming out and you started looking or was this out of the clear blue sky like hey i'm living my best life here even though that i know i'm not fulfilled even though that i feel hollow why the church why were you there to begin
1: with because uh, my new bride invited me i had met a young lady that uh, we worked together both a part of the same team flipping radio stations and decided that we wanted to get married and we uh, had a baby that was a, a surprise we thought okay we'll wait for a year or so you know just be a couple hang out have fun and three months into our marriage uh, surprise you got a baby on the way now uh, you got responsibilities so yes yeah, so all of a sudden now i got responsibilities and my focus has shifted and my wife said hey i want to go to this church why don't you come with me and so i did did you get scared when you found out that you were expecting oh absolutely yeah, absolutely. I was just like, you know, wait a minute. I don't even have. I can't even take care of myself for crying out loud. You know, I've I've got this lady that's trying to help take care of me, and then, yeah, now I'm going to have another life that's dependent on me. So the freak out scale was, you know, definitely in the red zone. <laughs> yeah,
0: but, yeah. Well, and and in a good way because it actually wakes you up from this aspect of you're just kind of traveling along, not really kind of taking account for your life. You're not taking account for what things are doing, and all of a sudden, hey wake up, here we go. This is actually time
1: yeah. to be an adult. Well, and My focus wasn't on me. My focus mm. was on someone else. And what can I do to care for this other human, for this other person, my wife, and, and now right. this baby? What can I do? And my focus was on them and not on trying to fill up what was missing in me.
0: Yeah. It is such an interesting aspect in how we all have different I want want to say triggers, but at the same time, it's really events or circumstances in our lives that have that certain call of, hey, are you, we have to think about the path that we're on. We have to think about the story that we're crafting. We have to think about the narrative that we're writing for our lives. And at some point in time, there's this event that really kind of says, hey, I need to wake up on that. So what would you summarize and say, my life belief prior to this event was, how would you
1: sum that up? I think my life belief prior to getting married, having a baby, getting into church was that everything was dependent on me, that life would rise and fall on what I did or who I was, what I achieved. And hmm. I, I found that the truth is life was in something else that was not me. But that I was I was a part of or it was a part of me.
0: So let's let's talk about that that aspect, that experience there at the church then. I mean when you stepped into that, you actually realized that there was a I don't wanna call it a calling, but maybe that's what it was. It was yeah. a situation yeah. of hey, there's a different way to be able to live. So the responsibility obviously started that catalyst of change. But let's look at that and say, okay, what were the things that you knew that, hey, I need to start changing this and I need to start looking at this part of it because what I've been chasing has not been fulfilling me.
1: Well, you know, all my life, like I said, I've been drugged to church. And so, you know, I had memorized scriptures and I'd heard the Bible stories and all these things for my entire life. And all of a sudden these things started coming back. And I started to remember these things. And I realized that these things were in my heart and that I had been running from that for my life, you know, for my, my teenage years. I'm like, ooh, I, I have other plans, you know. But then I, I went into this church and I felt like, Fred, there's some things in your life that you need to change, that you need to be willing to walk away from, that you need to be willing to give up because there's something so much better And until you give those things up, you can't get to that so much better. And it's not about something that you can do. It's not about something that you can earn. It's not about something that you can buy. It's a gift that is waiting to be given to you, but you have to be willing to let go of some things so that you can accept it.
0: So how did you respond with that kind of a thing? Was it easy just to let go and then, or was that a battle all the way through?
1: You know, I I think it. There are a lot of people that can say, you know, when well, they have a salvation experience or or they come to to know Christ in their life and develop a spiritual walk, they can tell you the day, the time, the moment, what they had for breakfast, and everything. <laughs> That's not my story. That's not my story. I just realized, I kind of started looking around and realizing, hey, I'm different. There's something different. I, I'm changing. And that's when I started to get pressure at work. They're like, hey, man, where's this party due that we need in the afternoon drive time to have the ratings? We're the station that has more fun for crying out loud. And you're being nice. And so basically, it started to get kind of volatile for me at work because I'm just like, guys, I, that's not my life anymore. And this is who I am now. And they're like, well, that's a problem because that's not who we want right now. And so, you know, I, I spent a lot of time praying about it. And out of the blue, I got a phone call in 2005 from uh, Jim McDermott, who was the station manager and founder of a Christian radio network in Missouri, and said, hey, I got your name from a youth pastor in Lebanon. Since you're a good guy, I'm looking for an afternoon guy. You want to talk about it? And that was my entrance, my introduction into Christian radio. And I found out I can do these things that I love to do, that Mm -hmm. I've been gifted to do, I'm good at. But now I get to do this with a, a positive and spiritual focus. And, you know, it's, like I said, since 2005, here we are. So did you
0: feel like you had to give up a lot of that stuff before, until that opportunity showed up? I mean, like, was that an internal struggle? Like, I really don't want to give up what I love. But then this opportunity yeah. showed.
1: Yeah, I mean, part of my prayers were like, you know, God, I, I, you got to get me out of here, but I don't know how to do anything else now. You know, this has been my, my focus now for over a decade. I need to be able to do this, but surely there's a way that I can do this and, and be doing right at the same time. But I don't know what to do. And yeah, take oh, me through well. some of that battle. How, how long was that? You know, that it was for me, it was actually only a, a few months' time because when I went, went back to church and turned my life over to, to God and started living for a, a, a different purpose, it happened pretty quick. The transition and the the trouble at work and then the ultimate call that took me out of mainstream radio into christian radio it was just a period of a few months
0: but in that few months
1: you didn't know that that call was coming no no had no idea and uh it was i I kid you not it was it was some of the scariest time that i can remember because i'm thinking i've got a wife i've got a baby and i've got to be able to provide for them and I'm stuck in Missouri, away from everyone and everything that I've known for years and years, and I got to figure out something.
0: Yeah, and, and so that's the that's the part that I mean, especially if you think back and you would be able to talk to that person, that Fred, when you're like, hey, I know that I'm not being fulfilled at the workplace that I'm at. I know I'm not being f- fulfilled by the narrative that I'm currently crafting. On the other hand, I know I've got responsibilities, and I got to start working towards that. And now you're in this in between time. You've got several months before the phone call comes, talk to that guy, because that's the part where, especially I know people that are in that position currently that are like, I I know I can't keep writing that old narrative because I know that's going to make me crash and burn. I need to form a new narrative, but I don't know how to get from that to that.
1: Well, I think, and this is kind of a lot of what I do on a daily basis now on the radio is the word trust you know, the words do not fear, and, and it's I know it's really easy to say uh, when, you, when you feel like you got everything headed in the right direction, but there are so many things around us that are trying to keep us in fear and keeping us paralyzed so that we're not doing anything. We're not making any progress, and, and then we, we get shook up when things start to get difficult in the process, and we lose that faith, we lose that trust you know, we have to be willing, I think, to to trust the process and to to take heart, to keep going, to keep taking that next step, to keep taking that next breath. And even when you feel like you've got to take a step and you don't know where that foot is going to fall yet, well, that's what we call faith.
0: <laughs> so, I, I just, I, and I'll let you lead the, the direction. There's one of two ways we can go here. One is the aspect of your time was relatively short comparatively. And I have talked to individuals where their time is years. It takes years for them to be able to transition. And sometimes they do have that heavy heart of when is it going to happen? I mean, look at Fred. Fred was able to make the transition in a matter of months. I'm on year four, year five. I don't know if I can keep going. Like I am literally weary in the amount of time that I've spent attempting to figure out life. How do you encourage somebody like that? How do you get them to to continue in the faith and
1: the trust? Well, let me make sure that I clarify. Now, the process of going from the mainstream radio and achievement-based everything for me into a faith-based mission, that was a short process. Now, once I got there, that process is still ongoing since 2005, <laughs> and it's a daily process. And, and there are things that, that still come up in life. We have struggles. We have challenges. You know, our first child was born premature. And her mother was very sick during the pregnancy. And there were multiple times when during that pregnancy, I thought I was going to lose them both. We had them in the hospital before the baby was born. But we ended up having an emergency C-section because she came early. And everything went beautifully, though. Beautiful baby girl. Three years later, we have another baby on the way. And then we miscarried. And then that's a feeling that, I really can't even articulate. And if I think if someone's never, never lost a child, they, it, you just can't, you can't put it into words that it's really describable or understandable. But for anyone who has, uh, you know. But praise the Lord, a few weeks later, after, after everything settled down a little bit, we have another one on the way. And he's a beautiful baby boy. The day we were supposed to bring him home from the hospital, he got sick. And we ended up spending the next two weeks in the NICU uh, down in Springfield, Missouri, because he had contracted a winter virus, which for us is a headache and a cough. But for an infant, a newborn, it was life-threatening. And so that was very touch and go. You know, staying in the Ronald McDonald house and going over to the NICU every day to, to try to be close to our baby that we had to let him sit in, in this bassinet. We couldn't really hold him for, for uh, long periods of time and then praise the lord 2 weeks later he bounces back healthy and vibrant and you know he's now my strapping 17 year old son and you know he's almost as tall as i am he's he's a big boy 3 years after that we have another little girl on the way and it was like everything went like clockwork so you know we had the the two difficult pregnancies and each time i was like i can't do this again you know i, I can't do this again but i'm going to trust the lord And he does what only he can do. And so we have the ups and the downs. We have the faith challenges. But I can look back and I can see where all along the way, what I needed, when I needed it, just to keep going, it was there. And as I just kept going, you know, somebody said something that I I, I don't mean to digress too far here, but somebody said something that just really, really resonated with me. And I said, do you realize That to this date, right now, you, me, Tim, to this moment, our success rate for getting through impossible days is 100%. Here we are, right? And we've been through some impossible days, you and me, right? But here we are because we kept going. And we just took that next step. Even when we didn't know where our foot was going to fall, we just welled up that trust. That faith, we took the step and our foot fell on ground. Sometimes a little wobbly. <laughs> but here we are, right? hundred percent of those difficult days, we've made it through.
0: Yeah. How does Fred right now, how do you act? How do you craft your narrative?
1: Man, if there is uh, if there's anything that that I want to communicate on a daily basis, whether it's on or off the radio, is don't quit. Don't give up. The only true failure is if we give up. Things may never look the way we think they're going to. They may not go as we imagine or as we plan. But if we keep going, then eventually we're going to get to where we need to be. But if we quit, well, that's when we fail.
0: I think we can just drop the mic right there. If somebody's listening and wants to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch with you?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, you could uh, you could catch me on Facebook at Fredly Radio. You can also email me if you want to drop me an email. Totally fine. My email address is fred at com. Oh, I love
0: it. Absolutely love it. All right. One last chance. I always have to do this. Is there anything that's on your heart that you're just like, I mean, maybe we end with that, don't quit, don't give up, because I think that was really powerful. But is there anything else on your heart that you're like, man, I just have to share this? I, I feel obligated to just give you that chance. <laughs>
1: You know, uh, in addition to just don't quit, no matter where you are, no matter what you're experiencing, no matter what you've gone through, what you've said, what you've done, where you've come up short, you're loved. And that is a truth that is, I I can't escape it. And Mm. that's that I know no matter what, I'm loved by a creator who knew me before he formed me in my mother's womb. And it's the same for you. Mm. It doesn't matter what you said. It doesn't matter what you've done. he paid the penalty for all of that. And he loves you. And he wants to have a relationship with you.
0: Hmm. Awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff. So, all right, once again, man, we put these out on a weekly basis. Powerful, powerful stories. People who have gone through all sorts of different challenges, everything from traumatic events to, I mean, the loss of loved ones to uh, sometimes it's just a bend in the road. But each of us has that story. We all have a journey. We all have a narrative that we have to continue to write to, again, don't give up. I think that's going to become the theme of this entire uh, series right here, but just not to give up, to just keep going. So those of you that are listening, man, again, if this has touched you in any way, I can tell you from the bottom of my heart, and I, I can speak for Fred as well, I've known him a while. If you could just reach out and let us know, that means more to us than just about anything else that, that you could share is just say, hey, this meant a lot to me. We love that kind of feedback. We'd love to be able to hear from that. Our ask is, is if you wouldn't mind subscribing, love to be able to have you as a member of our team, as a member of our community. We also obviously have this things on YouTube. So follow us over there. But until next time, keep crafting, keep writing your narrative and stay strong and stay true. You're going to make it. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the author of your story? Take the next step now at www.narrative.live. Enter your details to connect with a community of others just like you that are tired of living under the false narrative. Finding your true story and writing your narrative, it will give you clarity, freedom of your day, and it just might change your life forever.